This week on Moms Moving On. The thing about postpartum and pregnancy depression is not necessarily the fact that you're, you know, lying up in this curled fetal position. You're anxious, you're irritable, you're angry, you might feel rage, uh-huh. you know, and these are all things that are, are compounding the fact that you already feel those things about your partnership. You need people who will elevate you. It's not enough to just have somebody to bitch to. You need someone who's going to say, you know what? Yes, that sounds like a great idea. Let's go get some help. Or let's do something to make ourselves feel better rather than sit around and woe is me. Because that can also mean the difference between healing and staying stuck. Life moves on. So why shouldn't we? This is Michelle Dempsey-Moltak, your host of Moms Moving On, navigating divorce, co-parenting, single motherhood, and moving on. Hi, and welcome back to another Moms Moving On. I'm your host, Michelle, and today I'm chatting with another old friend who I'm really excited to have on. You may know her as Motherhood Understood on Instagram. It's the account taking Instagram by storm that is shedding light on all sorts of issues related to postpartum mental health, pregnancy and mental health, and really bringing to light the fact that as moms, sometimes we just don't feel good. Her name is Jennifer Schwartz, and I'm so glad that she's here. Jen, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. It's a pleasure. I feel like it's been years since we've connected. and I know. Now we're both out there trying to make a difference in the world. And I, and I watch you and I watch your stuff. And I can't tell you how many times I've had a mom reach out to me and say, I'm pregnant. I'm in a miserable marriage. I don't know what to do. How do I leave? I feel like this is just going to tip the scales and I'm so unhappy. And I always send them your stuff. So let's see, let's see what you can share here today to um, (laughs) educate those of us who are really not feeling great as great as society tells them to feel in their pregnancy or with a new baby because of marital issues. But before we do all that, why don't you give us like the Jen Schwartz spiel? Okay. The elevator pitch. Yes. That. <laughs> so I'm Jen Schwartz, like Michelle said, um, and I am the founder of a platform and community called motherhood understood, which is really a place um, that provides resources and education and connection and support for women experiencing a pregnancy or postpartum mental health illness, like postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety. And I created it a couple years ago um, after surviving really bad postpartum depression and anxiety when my son was born and just not having a community or answers, you know, or anything really to help me navigate new motherhood um, as the opposite of the fairy tale that I had envisioned it would be. So when I became pregnant, um, you know, I was excited to be a mom. And when I had my son, I had this vision in my head that I would be this Pinterest queen and breastfeeding champ and carting him everywhere, you know, floating and telling everybody, oh, motherhood is the most amazing thing that's ever happened to me, you know, and um, what happened instead was that I barely left the house for six months unless I was forced to, went to therapy twice a week, started taking antidepressants for the first time ever, you know, and really had to let other people step in and take care of my son so I could, you know, take care of myself and get better. And that led me to the creation of Motherhood Understood, which really just started kind of organically by me sharing my story and talking about what I was going through, very similar to what you, you know, to Michelle, how you share, you know, everything you've been through, 
just in a really honest and open and, you know, judgment-free and authentic way. And really what happened was so many women in return started opening up and sharing their stories. And that really led to me realizing that as moms and as women, wherever we are, you know, on the spectrum of motherhood, we just want to be understood. Yes. We want to be a feel, we want to be seen and heard and understood. And we need connection. We need female connection. And also that empathy is everything. Empathy is such a big piece of this because I don't know what it's like to be a single mom, but I, you know, can talk to a single mom, you know, or a mom struggling in her marriage and say, I may not know exactly what you're going through, but I'm here to support you. Or how can I support you? Right. So empathy is a huge piece of this too. And I think what you said nailed it, like no matter what stage you're at, you just want to know that there's someone else either right there with you or who sees you on a deeper level than just listening to what you have going on. And that's definitely something you provide. And that's also, yes, very much parallel to why I started what I started. But in my own pregnancy and now in doing the work that I do, I have found that there's a huge overlap in pregnancy, postpartum issues and mm -hmm. divorce and mental health, because there is nothing obviously more challenging than getting ready to welcome a baby into the world when you're in a marriage that is either unhealthy, toxic, abusive, or just not serving you. And then trying to do that as a new mom is, you know, you feel the weight of the world on your shoulders as it is. And this just adds a whole new pressure. So maybe we can talk a little bit about, you know, the correlation between marital issues and postpartum depression. Absolutely. So one of the things I did not know when I became a mom and found out later, and I like to talk about a lot, is that there are risk factors for pregnancy and postpartum mental health illnesses. And one of the biggest risk factors is, you know, having str struggling in your relationships or having a partner that you don't feel is supportive or serving you or, you know, being in a marriage that or a partnership that might just not feel like it's the right fit. And sometimes we don't even realize that until we're pregnant or, or, or have the baby, you know, it kind of opens up this huge door of what's going on, but that's a, that is a, a big risk factor. And, um, I know it can be really hard to navigate now that the baby's coming, right? Because a baby, you have to spend so much time taking care of the baby that you can't really devote that time to figuring out what's going on in your own personal life with your relationship. And so the other thing I wanted to mention too, is that I think about 50% of postpartum depression cases actually start in pregnancy, which isn't something I knew before either. And so a lot of times the way we do feel after we have the baby, especially if we're having um, relationship struggles, we've already been feeling in pregnancy, even if we didn't realize it. And I'm sure, especially right now with COVID and with there not being lots of options to go places or go anywhere, you know, um, a huge feeling of this is feeling stuck. Yes. And then the anxiety that just comes on top of it. And the thing about postpartum and pregnancy depression is not necessarily the fact that you're, you know, lying up in this curled fetal position, you're anxious, you're irritable, you're angry, you might feel rage, uh -huh. you know, and these are all things that are compounding the fact that you already feel those things about your partnership. 
Yeah, I have to credit, I'm taken back to my own pregnancy when you talk about this, because I had a lot of struggles in my marriage during Mm -hmm. my pregnancy. Um, I don't know if it was stress or unhappiness or what, but I had a spontaneous water leak at 29 weeks and Mm -hmm. I ended up in the hospital on bed rest. And I remember the nurse in the hospital being like, girl, whatever it is that's causing you stress needs to leave your life before this baby comes. And I, and I knew she knew what I was dealing with Mm -hmm. because I knew she heard the interactions and I have to credit my doctor at that time. I was so hypervigilant about my, how I was feeling because I went off my anxiety medication during my pregnancy. And around the same time, I know somebody you and I have in common, Stephen D. Achille lost Mm -hmm. his wife who I went to Mm -hmm. college with. And it was so triggering for me. And I was so open so open with my doctor about that. And, and I remember him saying to me, I am not a psychiatrist, but I, I completely see what's happening here. And I'm going to make sure you're emotionally well taken care of after your pregnancy. And it was him who immediately called me and was like, how are you feeling? And I was anxious beyond words and put me on something to help mitigate that. I'm forever grateful for that, but it makes me wonder, you know, had I not ended up in the hospital visibly having a hard time in my marriage, would that support have been there? And that's what scares me for so many women that I hear from. Right. And it's, it's, I like that you said that you felt emotionally taken care of, you know, by someone, by someone or something, you know, and not your, because you were not getting that in your marriage, but also too, you're about to have a baby. So I'm sure, you know, when you're about to have a baby and there's a global pandemic, going, whether there's a global Uh, pandemic or not, yeah, you're not exactly thinking, I'm about, I think I'm going to leave my marriage. Or you might be thinking, I'm terrified about the fact that maybe I want to leave my marriage because I'm having a baby. And what am I going to do, right? And all the what ifs and the, and the anxiety, it just the questions and the anxiety just pile up and pile up. So I think what you initially before, you know, you, you make whatever decisions you're going to make and you make that, you know, big decision, whether you're going to leave or stay or whatever, if you could find one thing to make you feel emotionally taken care of in some way, you know, even if it's a temporary thing, right? Like a temporary fix, let's say, you know, that you are pregnant and you're having all this stress and, but leaving might not be an option for whatever reason, maybe the best thing to do initially, whether you're pregnant or postpartum is find a therapist mm-hmm. and find a therapist who specializes in pregnancy and postpartum mental health illnesses, because they'll still be able to talk to you about all the, you know, all the issues that you're having, but pregnancy and postpartum mental health illness is like its own, like it's like its own animal. It's its own textbook. And so to have someone to talk to that really knows what all about it is super helpful. And even if you could just maybe find 30 minutes to an hour each week to start, right? Like, you know, baby steps, right? If that's all you can do right now because you're stuck where you are or you're afraid to go or whatever it is, find someone, that one person you could talk to. You'll start to look forward to that 30 minutes or 60 minutes a week. And the upside of the pandemic right now is that mental health services like this have become so much more accessible because everybody's pivoted so much and moved their services online. So it's a lot easier to find somebody to talk to without having to leave your house or at least like, you know, scour your area for the few therapists that specialize in this. And even if you end up doing it through an app, you know, like Maven, you know, or Talkspace or Seven Cups or one of the online therapy services, I would say if you could find one thing like that to do right now, you know, what's one thing you could do, even, even if you know, therapy's not for you and you decide that every day 
you're going to give your baby to your partner for 30 minutes. You're going to take a shower and just take five deep breaths every single day. I think finding that one thing that you can hold on to for right now is a really good place to start. And you also brought up medication, you know, and that is always, you know, I, my nickname is the medicated mommy. I remember that. Right. How I started out in this space. Um, and I take antidepressants. I still take them. My son's going to be eight. So I've been taking them since he was born. I'll probably be on them most of my life. Um, and I really am pro medication, but I'm also really pro medication coupled with therapy. Yes. Cause I, I write, I think that the medication kind of gets you to this baseline or gives, you know, turns on and off things in your brain that allow you to say, Oh, I want to go sit on that therapist couch. Yes. I want to sit in front of the computer. Very true. It's like, you right? can't, it's like diet and exercise. You really need exactly. both to thrive. Yes. Right. Exactly. And then, but you still have to get to like the underneath of what is causing all of this and the talking to the person and having that person emotionally understand you and support you is it's life-changing and that 30 minutes or 60 minutes that you give yourself each week to do that could really have a domino effect eventually into others, especially if you feel stuck and you feel like you just can't leave or go anywhere right now. And I do think lots of therapists right now, you know, they, they know this, they want to help. Um, they want to help women. And so I think people are doing sliding scales and there's been people reducing fees, you know, and, and working out trades. And so, you know, sometimes when therapy can be, you know, not accessible or not affordable, I think that there are ways to make it work right now. I love that. I, I think that's always the best option when women come to me at any stage and they're divorced mm-hmm. or pre-divorced. I'm like therapy first and then we'll talk because there is nothing more comforting in your time of frustration or whatever it is that you're feeling. Hey guys, Michelle here with a word from one of our sponsors. The Soberlink system is designed to make parenting time safer with real-time remote alcohol monitoring. Soberlink uniquely combines a breathalyzer with wireless connectivity and is the only system that includes facial recognition, tamper detection, and advanced reporting. Parents can submit a test anytime, anywhere, thanks to Soberlink's wireless technology, which delivers test results by text message or email to the concerned parties. Simplify co-parenting arrangements by using the system that provides transparency and proof of sobriety throughout the day. Flexible schedules combined with real-time delivery results make Soberlink the experts in remote alcohol monitoring technology. For a limited time, get $50 off your device by emailing info at Soberlink.com and mentioning Moms Moving On. Drive safe. Wait, 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 wait. Before we do anything, I have to ask, have you not joined the Moms Moving On membership community yet? This is the place I created for anybody looking for the benefits of coaching without having to commit to a high coaching fee. I've rounded up my go-to experts to put together curated content just for you, including free monthly webinars with me, self-confidence boosters, co-parenting tips and strategies, heartbreak advice, divorce anxiety relief, legal advice from top U.S. attorneys and mediators, financial advice, ebooks to help you on your journey, journal prompts and worksheets, discounts for all my favorite brands. The list goes on and on and on. And all of this at only $9.99 a month. 
Yep, you heard that right, $9.99 a month to be connected to women all over the world who are going through exactly what you're going through and to connect with me. Go to momsmovingon.com slash become a member and join us today. At least for me, what was so triggering after Bella was born was this notion of like, you know, the conversation between me and my ex-husband would always be, well, once the baby's here, once the baby's here, once the baby's here, and then the baby came and nothing really changed. Mm -hmm. And all that led me to was more resentment and frustration and anger, which really helped tip the scales of how I was feeling. And I'm wondering if that's something that, you know, also can lead to the depression and anxiety, or if that was just in my oh, case. I'm sure because you have ex- just like just like you know we all just like I had expectations of what life was going to be like you know what I was going to be like as a mom right nothing nothing lived up to those expectations and so I think that I'm sure that that is extremely true and you know when this stuff also manifests as anger and rage and all you feel is resentment towards your partner it's hard you know it's hard not to if there's some way you can start to tips the scales and make your life slightly more about you in that moment, you know, that would help if you really, you know, see that, okay, he's not changing or, you know, his promises are not coming to fruition. And I, I'm not going anywhere right now, or I'm too scared to go anywhere. I have a baby. Maybe I could just focus right now on myself or myself and the baby, you know, and even if that's hard because you have that debilitating depression or anxiety, again, the therapy piece, another great thing is, I found for me, movement really helped the anxiety. Uh-huh. So I would go outside and go for a walk every day. Me too, the walks. All I did was walk. Walks. I mean, I have friends now who, who you know, they walk, they go outside and they walk for two hours, even in like 15 degrees. And their kids even are slightly, you know, they're not babies anymore, but the walking. So if you, if you don't have to take your baby, like, so a lot of times for me, um, somebody was watching the baby and I would just walk in the, my pajamas, but also if you could just throw your baby in the stroller or, uh, you know, in a carrier and just walk, even if you're like, or I'm going to start with 10 minutes today, cause that feels doable. And that builds up and up. I think, again, that's one thing that you're giving yourself during the week. That's building some type of routine where you can just be outside in nature, be, you know, with your, yourself and your thoughts, not near your partner, and I, you know, so I think we have to find these ways and especially right now with COVID, but kind of be create, you know, a little creative. I think the other piece too, is the connection and the community piece, Yes, you know, is, which is why I love what you're, what you do so much too, is because you've also created a community where women in this position can come and I'm sure talk to you, but also talk to and meet other women, even, Honestly, when, even, even from an Instagram comment, someone comments on an Instagram comment. Oh, DM they're, me, connecting, they're connecting all the time. And I see that. And sometimes I don't even jump in and respond in the comments right. because I love the dialogue between them. And so many of our group workshops and in our Facebook group, the women are taking it offline and becoming friends and they have right. group chats. And it's that part of it, I think is, is extremely huge, but when you don't have it and you don't know where to find it, you know, if, mm-hmm. if, if you feel it's impossible to find and you can't leave your spouse at the moment, yes, get away. It's those moments alone, even if it's just 10 minutes where your brain clears and you kind of think more rationally about what you need to do. And I can't tell you how many women I've heard from who were like, wait a second, you know how much easier it would have been if I would have understood that I, it's, 
it's easier to take care of a child alone than it is to do it in an environment that is unhealthy and toxic. Like I, it's just such a clear thought that has to come to you, unfortunately, sometimes in hindsight. And I hear it all the time, but I think those moments alone will help you see more clearly about the power of your own motherhood journey and how it really is nothing but your own. Right. And I, and I can't speak from experience because I'm not divorced, but I, I think of, I think a lot of, um, Glennon Doyle's recent book, Untamed, oh. where she, right, which is like amazing. And, you know, read that too. Like everyone should read that. But <laughs> what I think about, what I think about is the, the quote that she, where she says that, you know, she, she kept thinking about how she was staying in this marriage for her daughter, but then it switched to what I want this marriage for my daughter. Right. And that was a huge light bulb moment for her. That was my moment. Getting, right. Right. With getting up the courage to, and you're, and, and even if your marriage isn't toxic, you're just, you know, it's like your roommates or whatever. It, it could be anything, right? Like is what you want this for your child, what you're living for yourself right now. And, and so I always, I think about that a lot too, because I think that that's a huge, a huge thing. You know, I, my parents went through a really nasty divorce. It took years and years. And I remember one time someone asking me, well, would you, as a kid, like, you know, when they were going through it, well, would you ever get divorced? And at first I was kind of like, I don't know. I don't know if I would want to do that to my, you know, and then I was like, yeah, I think I would actually. And then the adult asking me was like, well, why would you want to put your children through what you're going through right now? And then I look back on that, you know, just as an adult and it's, it's kind of like, but you wouldn't want your children to stay in something like, I wouldn't want my child to stay in something like that. So it's, yeah, it's an interesting um, but I know getting to that point where you actually pull the trigger, you know, that's is the hardest than, part, right. It's different than thinking about it. And especially right now with the global pandemic, I imagine that it also, you know, we have so many women are more stuck than more stuck, but usual. also more leaving. Like, I mean, the divorce yeah, rates yeah. skyrocketed this year, but I think I it just, it speaks to when you don't have that option to go out and take a walk or meet your true. girls for dinner or just let your husband leave for work or whatever you're confronted with what the real issues are. And, and I'm so like enamored. You can't hide by, from them. Yeah. You can't hide from them anymore. But I love the fact that there have been so many women this year who were like, you know what, that's it. Like we, we mm-hmm. can't sweep this under the rug anymore. But to that point, I wanted to talk about parents di- like being children of divorce. I think there is such an empowerment you know, I saw my mom literally rise from the ashes. She was an immigrant mm-hmm. from another country dealing with like a asshole of an ex-husband, my dad, who put her through the ring of their divorce, took 10 years. And when it came time for me to make a decision, I'm like, you know what? I had the best example of what to do and what not to do. And exactly. if anybody can handle this, I can based on what I saw as a child. And, you know, if you're a woman on the brink and you're like, how can I bring a child into this world and then split from their dad? You absolutely can, and your child will be none the wiser if you carry all the tools with you to bring your child up in a healthy environment. Right, exactly. I always feel like, right, like I would want to do the opposite of what my parents did, you know, if that was ever something. And also, too, I mean, we look at us, like we're doing, we're we're pretty cool, we're doing okay. <laughs> we turned we turned out Therapy. pretty bad. Right. Therapy and medication. (laughs) We turned out pretty fat. You know, we turned out pretty fabulous, you know, and there's always bumps on the road. So right. Kids, kids are resilient, even though, you know, it's, it's scary. And I do, I really do also, you know, just to emphasize the community piece again, you know, finding an account like yours or finding a motherhood understood. And even if you need one person, 
you need like one person that you can just kind of talk to whenever you feel like it, or you guys can commiserate together. If right now you're not going anywhere. I, I really think that female connection, I know even for me, that's gotten me through this pandemic. You know, Absolutely. My, my, my group female text threads that I have as, as close friends. And these are, and keep in mind, these are friends that I met on Instagram. You know, like these are not friends that of 20 years, like I have a thread, um, that I constantly, you know, all day long with totem women and not safe for mom group. And I met them on Instagram. Yeah. I have, you know, it's one of my friends. Yes. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And that's, that's a whole nother level of friendship because it's coming together, not by circumstance, but by choice because of commonalities Mm -hmm. in your message. And that that's a beautiful thing, but there is something I want to say about, you know, having that one person you bitch to or commiserate with when it comes to mental health, an outlet is great. A person is great. But if it's somebody who is holding you back and you need to mm-hmm. think clearly about who you keep in your circle on your down days, right? And I learned this in divorce. If it is someone who is more negative than you need, who is somebody, you know, if you say, I'm going to go get help and they're like, why? Fuck it. We have each other. No, you need people who will elevate you. It's not enough to just have somebody to bitch to. You need someone who's going to say, you know what? yes, that sounds like a great idea. Let's go get some help or let's do something to make ourselves feel better rather than sit around and woe is me because that can also mean the difference between healing and staying stuck. Right, I'm so glad that you said that, right? We, you need, right, we need, we need female friends in our lives that empower us and have empathy and want us to be better, right? And, or if they're getting better, they bring us up with them, right? There's no, you know, you don't want someone to keep holding you down because they're down or thinking that they can fix it for you, right? Or, you know, comparing or one up right. or any of that stuff. And also too with mental health. Yes, you need to have your friends and, and those people. But at the same time, you know, those people have their stuff too. So I think that there's also a line where, you know, it's it's not your your best friend's job to be your therapist, you know, and you have to, you know, differentiate that too. So, you know, you also could use the professional person or the other person you talk to not just your friend, right? Like you, it's, it's like the same with your spouse. Like if you're close with your spouse and you have, you know, you have a good relationship with your spouse and you're suffering. I, I never wanted all my, like my, my, my husband wasn't my therapist and I had put part of my mom always gave advice. My mom always never make your husband your therapist. Right. So, and I think it's with friends too. Like, of course they're going to be there for you and you know, you're going to talk and things like that. But I always, too like they have their they have their stuff going on too we're all tired we're all coming things from a different perspective different life experiences are going to shape how you give advice and and how you relate to certain issues in someone's life right so i think that it's important to like have the have the community and the friends and then also if you do need more than that or there are things that like you do need you know really to talk out and talk through that's you know when the therapist and the you know and the friends yeah, you know, or like a good combination type thing. I'm not saying not to vent to friends, but I oh, do. Oh, of course. I, I have seen in my lowest points that misery really does love company mm-hmm. and you have to really be discerning, you know, is this somebody who's going to add value to my life in the state that it's in or who's going to hold me back because it is sometimes more easy to be comfortable, uh, more comfortable to stay the same and unhappy than it is to sort of grow out of that. That's the only reason. I. Yeah. And I think too, also, you know, when you're, I mean, boundaries are always good, but we don't really learn about boundaries. I feel like growing up 
Um, it's definitely not as, it, as right? it relates to friends. I just wrote about this in my book, like how to make healthy adult female friendships. Mm-hmm. Pick the one who knows what boundaries are. Right. And, and I think with motherhood too, and I think too, if you are somebody who your mental health is suffering right now and your marriage is suffering and you know, you just had a baby or you're pregnant, figuring out, this is a great time to figure out boundaries. Um, and maybe that maybe you're not good at saying no to things or, you know, you're really good at putting on a happy face when you're not feeling that, you know, maybe trying to figure out what your boundaries are now around those things or what your boundaries are around seeing your in-laws or seeing parents, whatever it is. I think boundaries are something that can be really helpful too. And it also makes you feel a little bit more like you're taking back some control. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, being able to tell a friend, I love you and I want to hear what happened today, but I'm exhausted. Can we talk in the morning? Like that is the root, in my opinion, of a strong, good friendship. Like somebody mm-hmm. who knows when they can no longer give or take and, and can set the parameters right. around being a thoughtful and intentional friend. I think that's solid. Yes. Yeah. So I just want to, yeah, I wanted to point that out. And I feel like boundaries are like, you know, we overuse self-care so much that it's not like self-care is not even self-care anymore. Yeah. But I feel like boundaries has now kind of become the new self trending, right. The trending thing in a sense, but they're important. And I, you know, and they're really important when you become a mother. Oh, a hundred percent. If we take it back to how you're feeling as a new mom, anybody entering your space who is not going to add a little light and, and relief to your new situation as a, as a mom of a newborn cannot be in the space. I agree. And I feel like after 20, Yeah. And I feel like after 2020, I just kind of had this like, and I have felt like this before, but I just felt like coming into this year, I was like, I don't have time for bullshit. I don't have time for hypocrites. Like, I don't have time for any of this, like either, you know, like that's, and that's it. Like, there's not, I don't even need to like expand on that. Like I just, there's no time for it. Right. No, there isn't. And you realize that very early on, even if you are a people pleaser and you don't know how to say no and set your own boundaries, you realize that as a new mom. And I've seen some of my friends who have had babies recently, way after I became a mom, Mm -hmm. I've watched them sort of come into their own as like this new, you know, your life starts anew when you have a baby Mm -hmm. and they've come into their own of like really seeing what the struggle of motherhood Mm -hmm. is and being able to place those boundaries finally with the people who always needed them. So that's, that's great advice. Boundaries in any relationship people. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't, I don't want to wrap things up without you being able to give professional guided advice to somebody who is listening to this right now, who really feels that they're struggling, who is fitting the characteristics of depression or anxiety with a new child or in pregnancy, what should they be doing? So the first thing is if you aren't sure what's going on, or you feel like you're not okay, um, I highly recommend going to our website because we have a lot of educational resources, including um, a video hub called Maternal Mental Health in Minutes. And the very first video is called I don't know what's wrong, but I know I'm not okay. And all of these, all of these resource educational resources will go through symptoms, you know, and really try to help you get to what's going on. Is this the baby blues? Is it more than the baby blues? Do I need more serious help? So we have lots of that. We also have a great checklist that you could download, fill out. It really takes the work away from you. And you literally just check how you're feeling, check any risk factors you've had. And it's something that you can take with you to your doctor. And, re- and just hand it to them. Say, this is um, the first checklist for, you know, for mental health. 
this is how I'm feeling. I don't even have the word. I don't even know if I can talk about it, but here. And then the other thing is really, I really, really can't recommend more than to see a therapist who specializes in pregnancy and postpartum mental health. If you don't know where to find one or where to start, I always say go to Postpartum Support International's website. They have a provider directory, but at the very top of their screen, and it will also pop up the minute you get on the website, they have a helpline. So you can call them and whether you leave a message or someone answers, somebody will get back to you really quickly and they will help you find local resources in your area. So that's another great place to start. The also the other thing I want to say is listen to yourself. I remember how many times I heard, oh, it's normal, you'll get over it, or oh, it's just in your head. If you truly feel something is wrong, reach out for help professionally. There's no better way to get the the love and attention you need as a new mother than listening to yourself and following up on that. So definitely check out motherhoodunderstood.com. Dash. There's a dash in between motherhood and understood. Motherhood dash understood.com. And you are on Instagram at? Yeah, at motherhood understood. No dash. No dash. Okay. And do you have a Facebook group? No, it's, it's really, I mean, we have Facebook, but it just basically repopulates what's on Instagram. So Instagram is the primary community. Okay. Um, well, I'm so glad you were here. I always like to end our episodes with uh, a favorite quote of yours, of our guests. Do you have a favorite quote that you can share with our listeners? Doesn't have to, it doesn't have to be related to the topic. I'm just going to say the, I'm just, it's because it's the only one that comes to mind. It's the Shakespeare quote, like though she may be little, she's fierce. Yes. Something like that. that. Cause my mate, my maiden name was small and I'm like real, I'm super short. And I just feel like, are you? <laughs> yeah. Like, that, yeah. And so, though she may be, though she may be little, she is fierce. Um, you are fierce. I as like that. Thank I love you. that too. And and what you're doing for women, most importantly, that is fierce. Um, thank you for creating the space. Thank you for bringing awareness and thank you for being here. I'm so glad you were here. Thanks. It was so good to see you. You too. Divorce is never easy. And when children are in the picture, it can be extra tricky, especially when communicating with your ex is a challenge. Now there's an app with you and your kids in mind. It's called FAIR. F-A-Y-R. FAIR is the easiest, most intuitive, and conflict-diffusing co-parenting app on the market. FAIR helps eliminate misunderstandings while also improving communication between co-parents. In the long run, creating a loving environment for your kids. Here's what you can do on the FAIR app. There's a time-sharing calendar to track custody, exchange days, and never forget those special events. Documentable text messaging. And an expense tracker so both parents can add and monitor expenses, track receipts, and add notes. GPS check-in, that's a court-verifiable way to document your presence at all GPS-verified locations. A monthly parenting report to download with your details. A private journal to take notes, add photos, and screenshots. A file vault to keep your records, photos, and documents organized and in one place. The opportunity to export all of your records into a convenient, time-and-date-stamped PDF when you need documentation for legal matters. And there's a Spanish version of the app as well. FAIR allows you to experience co-parenting in a totally new way. Simply, inexpensively, transparently, and fairly. Lose the he said, she said, and be the best parent you can be. Be F-A-Y-R, FAIR. Subscribe at BeFAIR.com. That's B-E-F-A-Y-R.com. And then download FAIR from the App Store or Google Play. Go to FAIR.com for more details. 
Don't forget to use the code Michelle to save 20% off the cost of the app. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Moms Moving On. I hope you found today's episode to be helpful, inspiring, and give you the advice you need to feel empowered and strong as you move on. Don't forget to come say hi on Instagram at the Michelle Dempsey and drop us a line if there's a specific topic or subject you'd like us to discuss. Thanks. Stay strong.